Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. Now, we've taken a little bit of, of a departure from our study of redemption. Not much, but we'll, we'll uh, get back into the depth of it here in another week or so. And, uh, you know, during the week, you know, the Lord will, will, will speak to me several different ways. Through prayer, meditation of the Word, speak to me from the Word. I listen to a lot of teaching and preaching. I probably listen to anywhere from a dozen to maybe up to 20. depends on what I'm doing. If I'm traveling somewhere, going to South Texas or driving somewhere, I'll listen to a lot more uh, teaching and preaching other than just driving around. But usually driving around in a day and just my uh, everyday uh, uh, chores that I have, I usually listen to about three uh, messages that are preached, anywhere from 35 to minutes to an hour long. Uh, in doing so, uh, God will speak to me. And, and many times he'll say, now you need, to, you need to go home and you need to study this subject that, that you just heard taught on. Or you need to go on and, and you, need to, uh, uh, you need to explore that a little further, take that a little further. And what he'll do many times is he'll say, now this is what I want you to, to, to speak or, or to, to uh, impart into the church. Amen? And so this morning, I want to deal with the subject of the anointing. The anointing of God that abides in each and every one of us. Now, back in, the, back in the Psalms, you don't have to turn there if you want to. Let's see, let me, I've got so many scriptures marked, I'm trying to get to a few of them. But um, I think 2 Corinthians is where I want to start. Let me see. Yeah, it may be where I want to start. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That's where I want to get started. But uh, David said in Psalms 92, he said, anoint me with fresh oil. Everybody say fresh oil. Now, listen, first of all, there's nothing about the Holy Ghost that gets stale. In that day of the Old Covenant, the Spirit of God did not abide inside of anybody. Uh, They were not born again uh, Christians as we are. Uh, uh, The Spirit of God would come upon, at the Spirit's discretion, uh, the apostle, uh, excuse me, the uh, the prophet, uh, the king, or the priest. Everybody say the, the prophet the king, or the priest. Now, that, it would come on them, and it would be for, for, for direction for the nation, for leadership, for service, for all kinds of things that it would come on them for, but it was only uh, as the Spirit of God willed. They could not turn that on or off. Now, when you got born again, that same Spirit that used to come upon the prophet, priest, and king, it moved inside of you. When Jesus died and the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, that Shekinah glory, Spirit of God, came out of the Holy of Holies and went up to heaven. And then it stayed in heaven for approximately, uh, of course we know three days and three nights, it came back down and, and touched the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and He was risen from the dead. Then approximately 50 to 55 uh, 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 days later, in a, in a baptismal measure, the Spirit of God came down upon 120 men and women in the upper room. Amen? Now, in a, in, a, in a redemptive measure, it came uh, in John chapter 20 when the Bible says, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, let me just say this to every one of you. Every one of you that are born again in this place this morning, the Spirit of God abides in you, and that's what makes you different than just regular heathens out in the world, is there is a supernatural element to you. Amen. I said there's a supernatural element to you. It was not like that under the Old Covenant. It's only been like that since Jesus rose from the dead. Now, the, the, the anointing that is on the inside of each and every one of us, many times it just lies dormant because we, we don't tend to get into things that need that ability. But what faith does and what your, your call, your destiny in God does is it brings you into places in life in which you, in which you have to have the anointing. You have to have something supernatural from God or you're just not going to make it. Anybody ever gone there? If you've not gone there, you're going. Amen. And that, that spirit uh, that abides on the inside of you, from time to time, it needs to be stirred up. I said it needs to be stirred up. So there's several points or principles that we can look at on, on this subject, and I want to teach on this this morning. And I'm going to trust God because I've been praying, God, if I teach on this, then you have to supply literally the demonstration of it. There needs to be some people in here today that are going to get that anointing stirred up on the inside of them. 
The anointing to be a dad or a mom. The anointing to be a husband or a wife. The anointing to be the job, uh, to work at the job where you work. An anointing to, uh, to have the business that you have. Uh, an anointing to serve God. An anointing to reject sin. A rejo- an anointing to be a soul winner and a minister of reconciliation. Uh, just that anointing rising up or being stirred up to a new level in you. Now, I know what it's like. A lot of people don't know what it's like. Shame to say a lot of ministers don't know what this is like. To have the hand of God or the anointing of God come on you. Now, that's a, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a very unusual thing for the anointing of God to come on an individual. You say, what do you mean by that? I thought you were talking about the anointing on the inside. I'm trying to get you to see the perspective of both of these things. Many times for service, an anointing of God will come upon a minister. I've had it happen to me where I've gotten up from the front row of a, uh, even this church. It's happened to me in this church. It's happened to me in other churches. Where I've gotten up from the front row, came up, by the time I got up and stood behind the pulpit, and from the time I stood behind the pulpit and then said amen and went back and sat down, I thought, what happened? I mean, I really didn't have a lot of knowledge of what happened or what went on. Because the hand of the Lord would come upon me and I'd minister a word or I'd minister by the Spirit or things would happen so supernaturally that I knew I'm, I'm totally out. It's, it, that's, it's almost like you're standing over here watching yourself do something. Watching yourself say something. Watching yourself do something. And listen, I believe God wants that more and more to happen in ministries. Amen. I could give you all kinds of examples of how that's happened, when that's happened, where that's happened. But today, I don't, that's not what, the reason I mention that is that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about not a ministerial anointing or endowment, not a healing anointing or endowment that comes on vessels of God. We're talking about the anointing that abides in every believer. And listen, it must be discovered. You have to discover that. Then you have to learn how to yield to it. Then you have to learn how to, how to develop it in your life so it'll work for you. The first time I really ever discovered this was amazing. I had, I had come back to the Lord in 1984. I knew in my spirit just through prayer and study and, 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 and going to meetings, I knew I needed to go uh, uh, prepare myself for what God had called me to do. Uh, there were four options. Uh, there was a Rhema Bible Training Institute. Uh, there was Jimmy Swaggart Bible School. Uh, there was Christ for the Nations. And there was Lakewood Bible Institute, which was a full-time Bible school up at Lakewood Church. And so I had, I had to get an answer. I had to go where God wanted me to go. I had to follow uh, the path of righteousness. And through prayer and through intercession, about mid-summer of 1984, God spoke to me and said, you're supposed to go to LBI, Lakewood Bible Institute. And so in September of that year, I actually, when the Lord spoke to me, I was going to a Living Stones Church up here in Alvin. So I, I told Pastor Janda what the Lord had said to me. He was very supportive. Go do what God's called you to do, Rusty. And I went up and I uh, started attending Lakewood Church about six weeks before school started. And when school started in September, first day, I was in my place. Had my Bible, had my notebooks, had all the books I was supposed to buy, and I was ready to go. And in about a month's time... I was so frustrated. I was so, how can I say this? I was so discouraged. I was never a good student. I really never developed any good study habits or anything like that. And here I was in this very intensive Bible school uh, format and situation in which I was being required to study. I was being required to to, uh, uh, memorize. I was required to write things, do all kinds of things that you're required to do in an educational setting which I had no ability to do. I'd never developed it. And so God had to teach me how to draw off of the anointing. Amen? And I'm telling you, I learned in about two weeks how to draw off of that anointing. And that anointing that I drew off of empowered me. Everybody say empowered me. And at the end of the school year... I graduated from Lakewood Bible Institute with honors, straight A's, never made a straight A in my life, or a crooked A. (laughs) Amen? Any kind of an A. But I got a, 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 a certificate for scholastic excellence because my grade point average was right at about 94 in all of my classes. Now, I can tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that was not me. 
That was the greater one in me. And from that time forward, I have learned how to trust and rely on, lean on that anointing, that unction that's on the, in the inside of every person that's born again to live for God, to develop ministry, to be a good husband, to be a good father, to pastor a church, to do international ministry, to do whatever it is God calls you to do. There is an anointing in you that God will help you be supernatural at what you do. Whether it's, whether it's to, uh, to, to work up at UTMB, uh, to run a fishing boat out in the ocean, uh, to work up at the plants, uh, to be a teacher, to be a student, no matter what it is, there is an anointing that abides in you that can help you be supernatural at whatever you do. Amen. Amen. Now, did you find 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Chapter 1. We're going to look at the source, the purpose the power, and the help. Everybody say source, purpose, power, and help of the anointing. See, sometimes you've got to have a little information so those things can work in you. Now, first of all, notice this scripture. Verse 21, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 21 says, Now he which uh, established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. So what is the source of that supernatural power. Does anybody know? The source is God. It's God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Greater is He that is in you than He that's in the earth. See, we are so geared toward our feelings. And, 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 and many people, if I could just feel it for a second, I'd believe it. No, you wouldn't. Now, let me tell you why you wouldn't believe it. Nothing in this covenant is designed to be believed by experience. Now, let me say that again. Nothing in this covenant is designed to be believed by experience. You say, what do you mean by that? Everything in this covenant is designed to be believed by faith which produces the experience. So you got to have the faith. And the Word produces the faith. The Word brings you the knowledge. The Word gives you the understanding. The Word shows you where it's at. You step out in it when you don't even feel it, when you don't even think it's there, and all of a sudden it rises up and does something supernatural in your life. I still go back to the time we were in, in, in Hong Kong and went into a church there, little precious Chinese people, how they lined up across that, across that, uh, in the front of that church after I preached and we laid, hand, we laid hands on them and prayed for them and I never felt anything. Out of, matter of fact, I felt just the opposite. I thought I probably made them all sick. I mean, that's how bad. I mean, we'd been flying for 38 hours. We'd been on five different airplanes. We were wore out and tired. And I thought if anybody got anything from me, it's an impossibility. Well, thank God nobody gets anything from me anyway. They get it from the greater one that's in me. And at the end of that service, as we greeted those little precious Chinese people, one after another, after another, after another, said, when you laid hands on me, I was healed. Well, what healed them? I said, what healed them? It wasn't the way I felt. It wasn't the fact that I wasn't able to rest and prepare. The anointing, the greater one that was in me healed them. Amen? So the source of the anointing is God. And you've got to realize and understand that through the new birth, He has put His Spirit in you, and that anointing abides on the inside, and you're going to have to figure out how to turn it loose. Amen? Now, the purpose of the anointing, let's talk about it just for a moment. Acts 10.38, you can turn there if you want to mark it. Acts 10.38 says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing, say it again, say it again. So the purpose of the anointing is for you to do good. Now that's very simple, but let me, let me just help you a minute. This is one of the areas in which the adversary fights believers tooth and nail. Now, let me, let, me, let me try that again because you really need to hear this this morning. This is one of the areas in which the adversary, because he knows if anybody yields to the anointing, 
that they're going to do good. They're going to do, do good as a dad, good as a mom, good as a husband, good as a wife, good as a doctor, good as a lawyer, good as a, good as a plant worker, good, as a, good as, a, as, as a medical technician, good as a student, good as a teacher, good as an administrator. Whatever it is, they, he knows. If they, if they find out about that anointing and if they begin to live in that anointing and begin to flow in that anointing, then they're going to begin to produce good. And see, the enemy fights and fights and fights and fights to reverse good and make good bad. Now, you say, now, now come on, preacher, uh, what are you talking about? How many people right now, you go outside the church and you tell them, God is a good God, and they're like, huh, you ought to be living my life. Come on, think about that a minute. And they think, well, God is a good God. Well, I'm telling you what, I've been sick and I'm broke and, you know, I'm on my fourth marriage and, and all my kids hate me and my boss wants to fire me. Listen, that has been one of the master strokes of the devil to take good and try to turn it into bad. And you've got to guard your heart when it comes to that because the enemy will try it at every, he'll try he'll, with husbands and wives. You know, the, the, the husband and wife are getting married when they're young and, and they'll start living their life and then the husband will look at the wife and go, good, good, and the wife will look at the husband and go, good, good. But the devil wants to get in there and go, bad. Bad husband. Bad wife. Come on, church. The anointing will guard you from that. You have children, you look at your children when they're young, and you go, oh, good, good, look at my children, they're so good, they're so good, and they grow up, grow up, they start making mistakes, you go, bad, bad children, bad children. I'm glad my mom and dad never did that, even though they were experiencing that. They always declared we were good. They always declared we were, it didn't matter how long our hair got, didn't matter how much dope we smoked, didn't matter. They would not let go of their confession that their kids were going to serve God. They never went bad kids, bad kids. They never went that. They're always good kids. I remember waking up one morning. Man, I tell you, it was, everything was kind of fuzzy. My hair was long and fuzzy. I come walking into the, to the, to the, to the dining room where, our, where we had breakfast. We lived over here on Belouche. And mom and dad and my sister, my sister at that time, had just come home from, from over in, the, uh, in, in Amsterdam. She'd gone over there with the first youth with a mission trip. First one they ever went, she was on that trip. And they'd been up at a Thanksgiving convention at Lakewood Church. And all they could talk about is what Brother Osteen had said and what Jerry B. Walker had said and what Brother Hagen had said. And I remember I got up all mad and bristled up and said, I'll be glad when all you people get out of here and the rapture takes place. <laughs> now what would you have done to your kids? Yeah, most people would have slapped them, spanked them. That's not what my parents and my sister did. They jumped up from the table. They began to dance and shout. They began to say this. He's thinking about the rapture. That means he's thinking about God. That means it won't be long now. He's thinking about the rapture. You say, what did that? The anointing did that. The anointing rose up. In churches many times, you come to the church and you look at the pastor, go, good pastor, good pastor, good. And then all of a sudden the enemy gets to no, bad, bad pastor, bad pastor. <laughs> Amen? You gotta guard, listen, you gotta guard your life with the anointing because God is a good God and He puts everything that's good and righteous in your life. Come on, church. The purpose of the anointing is to go around doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil. Every one of you in here are healers. Every one of you in here are preachers and proclaimers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of you in here can set the captive free. Every one of you in here can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You can go about doing good because you have something supernatural on the inside of you that empowers you to do it. Mm -mm -mm. Luke chapter 4. Let's look at that real quick. Let me find it. I got it marked here. Luke chapter 4. Jesus came out of the wilderness. The Bible says in the power of the Spirit. Now let me, little, little rabbit trail just for a moment while you're finding Luke chapter 4. It's an amazing study in the Word of God, the life of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of people presuppose, and this is a religious mindset, that when Jesus was born on the earth, you know, He was God, and He could just do anything He wanted to do. 
But really that's not true at all. If you study, you see no supernatural ability in Jesus till he was anointed. And he got anointed in the baptism of John in his submission and obedience to what God was doing in the earth. And the Bible says the windows of heaven opened over him. The Spirit of God descended like a dove and lit upon him. And a voice spoke from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And from that point until the time he rose from the dead and poured out the Holy Ghost, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But he couldn't do it till he was anointed. I said he couldn't do it till he was anointed. Now, Luke chapter 4 gives us a little preview of what happened. Look at verse 14. It says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as his custom was. Thank God he was a churchgoer. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And, he, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, and I always add in, about him. Now this is what he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me, everybody say anointed me, to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, he could not have done that without the anointing. Now listen, God knows that you, as a believer, cannot correctly live for Him according to the correct pattern of Scripture in the Word of God unless you are empowered or anointed to do it. Amen? He said, what do you mean by that? You have to have something special, something unique, something that is of God that is not available in the human... Now listen to me. In the human family or in the religious family. Now this is where people, they start getting a little nervous. Because they say, well, you know, Pastor, I, I like my religion kind of dry. I really don't like a lot of emotions or feelings. You know, that's why, that's why you know, uh, when things kind of get stirring in the spirit around here, I get real nervous. Well, it just may be that God is trying to stir something supernatural in you. Because if not today, then maybe tomorrow. If not tomorrow, maybe next week. If not next week, then maybe next month. If not next month, then maybe next year you're going to need an ability beyond yourself. Now let me say that again. You're going to need an ability beyond yourself to either get out of some situation or get into some situation or to receive something from God or to be the witness that God's called you to be that you just cannot do it on your own. You're going to have to have that God essence presence on the inside rising up out of you so that you can begin to function not as a natural human being on this planet but as a supernatural human being upon this planet. Amen? Now, understanding Jesus' anointing that came upon him at that river, when he began to function in that anointing, it began to cause a stir. Amen? Now, here's something we have to understand. If this church grows to 50,000 and we don't cause a stir, we ain't done nothing. But if this church is five people that cause a stir, that cause a stir, the Bible says of the Apostle Paul and his, and his entourage that he traveled with, these are the men that have turned the world upside down. I mean, they'd come into cities and the whole city would turn out and, and, and try to get them to go somewhere else because they know if these guys start preaching, if these guys start casting out devils, if these guys start laying hands on the sick, God's going to show up and we're going to lose our hold on this city. Well, I got good news for us and bad news for the devil. He is losing his hold on this city because God is raising up an anointed group of people that is not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ nor what it produces. 
Mm-mm-mm. The source, the purpose. Where's Isaiah? Isaiah 10. The power of the anointing. Isaiah chapter 10. You don't have to turn it. I'll just read it to you. Isaiah 10, 27. Just mark it down. It says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders and his yoke from off thy neck. Now notice this. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now we can back up into Isaiah and talk about all that this is talking about in the history of the nation of Israel and the prophetic voice of Isaiah. But this is one of those scriptures that we can lift out by revelation and make this statement for the New Testament church. You say, what is that statement? The yoke is broken. I said the yoke is broken because of the anointing. I said the yoke is broken because of the anointing. Now, the the thing is, many times we want an anointing ministered to us that breaks the yoke. But I want you to know, that happens about 10% of the time. Listen, everything in life, you're either delivered from or you're delivered out of. Now, let me say that again. Everything that you face in life, everything that rises up against you, you're either delivered from it or you're delivered out of it. Now, most of the time, we want to be delivered out of it. Because that's, the, you know, that's when you come up to the altar, hands are laid on you, you know, one moment, you know, you're standing there in pain, and then you blink your eyes and the pain's gone. Amen. You've been delivered out of it. Amen? I mean, you want that instantaneous uh, a miracle where, you know, the check comes in the mail and it's enough money to pay for the rest of your life. Amen. I mean, you might as well just get honest. Amen? You're delivered out of it. Amen? But listen, most, about 85% of everything in your life You're not going to get delivered out of it. You're going to get delivered from it. You say, what do you mean? That means something is going to have to rise up in you. That means there's a process involved. That means as the thing came into your life, naturally, supernaturally, you're going to drive it out of your life. And the anointing of God can do that with addictions. It can do with mindsets. It can do it with, with, with minds of poverty. You name it, no matter what it is, that anointing will help you. We'll talk about that in just a minute, the help of the anointing. You say, what do you mean? Some of you in your life, you need a yoke broken. You get yoked up to mindsets. You get yoked up to, to attitudes and ideas. Listen, and even when it comes to things like uh, uh, having a little discipline in your Bible study and your prayer and, and, and coming to church faithfully and, and tithing, things like that. Listen, you don't need some special word from God, some prophecy, a dream, all of those. God gives us things in the Word of God that He says, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to obey. And if you will obey this, then an anointing will come upon your life. Listen, Lee and I carry an anointing upon our lives that we've developed for 33 years in which through our tithing and our offering, we never worry about money. We have no worries about money. I mean, for years, we used to tease each other when we didn't have any. I mean, we didn't have any. And we used to tease each other and say things like, isn't it fun living like billionaires not having to worry about all the money? You say, why would you say that? Because we were living like millionaires not having to worry about all the money. You say, how did you do that? The anointing. The anointing would do it. I said the anointing would do it. It takes your inhibitions. It takes your fears. It takes all of those things. And God wants you to know that there are many things that we yoke up to. They come to us in all kinds of ways. And we yoke up to those insecurities. We yoke up to all of that. It could be from money. It could be about your health. It could be about all kinds of things. And we're yoked up to it. Y'all know what a yoke is, right? Not like an egg yolk. <laughs> it's like you, 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 you take an ox and you yoke it to another ox, and that gives you twice the power. And what they used to do to train oxen is they would take an, an, an old oxen that was set in his ways. He's only going to walk one way. And they would take a young oxen, and they would put him in a yoke next to that old oxen, and that, old, that young oxen, he'd want to go this way. But that old oxen, he'd just keep moving. And he'd want to go this way, that old oxen. Just, and it wouldn't be but a few days. wouldn't be but a few days. That oxen, because of that yoke, would learn the way to go. Amen? Now, uh, we, we used to know a man. His name was Bobby Elliott. He used to train horses. And he used to take young colts and yoke them to a donkey. 
And those colts would want to go this way, and that donkey would just sit there. And they'd go want to go that way, and that donkey would just sit there. It caused them to be unmovable. And you've got to understand, God does not yoke you to anything to train you. Now let me say that again. God does not yoke you to poverty, to sickness, to a disease you've had to deal with for several years. He does not yoke you to that to train you. He trains you by His Word so the anointing that abides in you can rise up and break that yoke. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, the purpose, everybody said the source, the purpose, the power. Now let's look at the help. Everybody say the help. First, let's go to, let's go to Acts, then we'll go to John real quick. How's my time? Oh, I'm doing good. Look at, look at Acts chapter, let me see, I had it marked here. Look at Acts, look at Acts chapter 3. This is at the end of a, another message that Peter was preaching, actually a witness that he was making after the, after the uh, man at the gate beautiful had been healed. He says this, uh, there in verse 19, he says, Repent therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now let me, that's a little vague, let me read this in the Amplified. It says, Repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God, that your sins may be erased, blotted out, and wiped clean, that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of the Lord. Amen? You say, what do you mean? God wants you to know when you come to the place where you're willing to be unyoked by the power of that anointing in your life from ideas, from mindsets, from imaginations, from thoughts, from anything that keeps you out of the righteousness of God, God wants you so much living in the reality of His righteousness. He says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let that anointing in you rise up and I'll send times of refreshing from the presence of He said, I'm going to give you some help. I'm going to give you some help. Everybody say some help. Now listen. <laughs> People go through things. Oh my Lord. And they go through... Problems, situations, circumstances, trials, tribulations. Now in the world, they've got an answer for you. You can go to the bar. You can get you some Jack Daniels. You can get you a bag of weed. You can go to the pharmacist. You can get something that will give you a feeling that may make you think things are better. But it's just a feeling. And when that feeling starts going away, you're going to have to have more of that stuff. And when that feeling starts going away, you're going to have to have more of that stuff. And we have to have so much of that stuff that it's a multi, 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 probably by now, trillion dollar industry, both legal and illegal. You say why? Because the world needs relief. And you're in the world. Everybody say, I'm in the world. So God, this is being very sarcastic, so you have to take it that way. So God saves you, fills you with the Holy Ghost, you still got to live in the same world with the same trial, same trouble, same tribulation, same situations, and there ain't no relief. You just got to keep plowing through it. Oh, onward, Christian soldiers. Marching as to war. Here we go again. Another trial, another tribulation. But God says, no, I got some help for you. I got some help for you. <laughs> I've got some help for you. There is a refreshing a refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord that will help you in the midst of your fight, your trial, your tribulation, your trouble. Here comes the Spirit of God and He comes upon you. And what happens? I like what it says here in the Amplified. You're refreshed from the effects of the heat. <laughs> Has anybody been in a hot situation lately? Amen. Things are just kind of hot. Say, man, I tell you, things are getting hot around here. 
Well, you need a little bit of the refreshing, the cool breeze, the cool air of the Holy Ghost. Listen, it's better than Jack Daniels. It's better than legalized weed. It's better than Prozac or whatever kind of yak you take. Amen. Prozac, semi-Prozac, whatever it is. You say, why? Because in God's refreshing comes the life of God. Now, let me close with this. Real quick, John chapter 14. How many say, refresh me, Lord? Say, refresh me, Lord. Say, I'm believing you for some refreshing. John chapter 14. Everybody say, my helper. Verse 15 says, if you love me, you'll have a warm, fuzzy feeling all over your body. Amen. No, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll, and I'll pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. Everybody say comforter. Now, let me read in the Amplified. It says, I will ask the Father, and He shall give you another. See, the Word is also your comforter. It's also your counselor. It's also your helper. It's also your intercessor. It's also your advocate. It's also your strengthener. It's also your standby. But now he's speaking of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God that's in you, that, the, that God says through His Word, I will give you another comforter. Everybody say comforter. So the Holy Ghost knows how to comfort you. Now listen, comfort is comfort. So well, I'm just being comforted by faith. <laughs> yeah, it don't work that way. You're still irritated. <laughs> Amen. You need the comfort of the Holy Ghost. It will help you. All of these things, because it is the Holy Ghost, is the Spirit of God in manifestation. All right. We'll go a little further. Counselor. I say counselor. Now listen, people always want, no, Pastor, I just need counseling. Now listen, we're not against counseling. We've counseled, we counsel people all the time. We talk to people. But listen, make sure when you need counseling, you're not just wanting somebody to agree with your problem. Here's my counsel. Come to church for a month, every service, and prayer. Amen. Then see if you really have the problem. Amen. Anybody done that and seen that it works? Yeah, a few of us have. Amen. Counselor, we need special counselor. Do you have any professional counselor? Yeah, I do. He's called the Holy Ghost. Amen. So I need some marriage counseling. Talk to him. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, we're not above counseling people, but our counsel is nothing compared to divine counsel. And some of you have some things going on in your life in which you need some divine counsel. You've got to pull or draw on the anointing that is in you, the power of God, the presence of God for that counsel. And listen, that doesn't happen by, well, Lord, I need some counsel. So you just stop and you go like this. Okay. You're not going to get nothing. Amen? You've got to ask. You've got to knock. You've got to seek. And if you ask, it'll be given. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, it'll be opened unto you. I've had some things in my life that so stirred me up. I had some things in my life that so caused, listen, I just needed information. One time I was going through some things and I called up Pastor Paul Chase. And I'm telling you, I wasn't ready for what he did. We talked, he was in Manila. I was here in Galveston. And I picked up the phone and I, you know, I kind of sang my song, sad song to him. And he said, let me tell you something, Rusty. I can always tell him he's fixing to unload on me. Let me tell you something. And buddy, he took off. And by the time he finished with me, I had been counseled by the Holy Ghost. Because he addressed about a half a dozen things that he knew nothing about. Many times in a service. Many times in a worship service. A praise service. Many times if you'll be sensitive to the Spirit of God, He will give you divine counsel. I say, Counselor, He is my helper. Listen, what good does it do to try to accomplish anything in our own strength when we've been given divine help? Help. Let me tell you something about God and His vision for your life. Are you ready? You can't do it. 
God will never tell you to do anything you can do. Let me try that again. God, you know why he told us to build that building? You want, you want to tell you why? Because we couldn't do it. You know why he tells us to go to these countries with missions? Because we couldn't do it. You know why he tells us to do what we call it? Because he knows if they don't have us, they better shut the door. If they don't have us, they better roll it up and go find them something else to do. Because they're going to have to have Jesus, we're going to have to have the Father, we're going to have to have the Holy Ghost, and we're going to have to have the faith of a bunch of people to do it. Amen. So at the end of the day, everybody knows, how'd they do that? Well, somebody helped them. Somebody helped them. Yep, somebody did. I said somebody did. And in the same way in your life, and whatever God's called you to do, and whatever the path of righteousness He has for your life, you're going to need some help. I said, you don't need some help. You go out there and beat your head against the wall and do it on your own. But God has given you some divine, supernatural help. It's part of the anointing that abides in you. Mm -mm -mm. Intercessor. Everybody's an intercessor. You say, what do you mean? We all pray for other people. But the Spirit of God will help you. How many have a certain situation in your life with somebody that you love that just looks impossible? That you think, man, if God doesn't show up here, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. Well, thank God, the Holy Ghost, the greater one that is not only in you, but upon you, literally will empower you to be able to pray. That is one of the benefits of being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. In the, one of the last messages I ever heard Brother Kenneth E. Hagin preach, who has sold more books than any other Christian writer, who has Rhema Bible Colleges all over the world and Rhema Churches all over the world, he said this. He said, the only way this has been accomplished was by praying in the Holy Ghost. Because I never knew how to do this. I only knew why I was supposed to, and that was in obedience to God. So I prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues and, prayed in tongues, and to my surprise God did it. Amen. He didn't get up and say, I'm a great man of faith. I wrote the books on faith. I know all about the gifts of the Holy. I, no, no, he didn't say that. He said, to my surprise, God has done it. He is your intercessor. He can help you pray for situations you don't know how to pray. And he may even help you pray for things you don't even know are going to happen down the road and get you ready for that so that you won't be caught unawares. Is this helping anybody this morning? Advocate. That's like a lawyer. Now let me tell you, this, this is good. You need information to plead your case with. The Word of God says, declare thou that they might that you might be justified. God says, come, let us reason together. The Holy Ghost, he's done this to me so many times where I will have a petition, I will have a request, I will have something I want to, 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 to happen. Listen, when we first started this building program years ago, we wrote a little pamphlet full of scriptures. Do we still have those pamphlets? We need to pass them out again. You say, why? Because that is not a natural pamphlet. That is something the advocate gave me. My lawyer gave that to me. Not my dad. Not somebody at his firm. My advocate, the Holy Ghost. Through prayer, through intercession, by his help and by his counsel, he gave me a case. And the entire case is based on the Word of God. It's based on the Word of God. And that is the reason when we walk into that building, when we walk into that building, when we walk into that building, we can hold up that pamphlet and say, that's why we're here. Right here. Here it is. Right here. God helped us make a case. The Holy Ghost, the anointing in us, helped us present our case to the Father. And the Father said, justified because it's my word. Some of, listen, some of you need an advocate. You need the Holy Ghost to give you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture so you can hold up to the Father and say, this is why, this is why, this is why I'm healed. This is why I'm prosperous. This is why I'm blessed. This is why I got a calling. This is why I have a ministry. This is why, God, this is why. Not anything I say, but it's what you say in your word. Amen. The Holy Ghost will help you do that. Strengthener. You ever run out of strength? Amen. And that's, that's just not a symptom of getting older. It's talking about the strength that is diminished in a fight. I mean, some, listen, some of you I know because I know some of your situations. You've been in a fight for years. Financial fights, physical fights, fights in your families, things like that. Listen, there are times when you get weary. You need strength. One of the best ways to get strength is to call on it. Heavenly Father, I thank you. There's something on the inside of me that's greater than me. Something on the inside of me that's more powerful than me. 
something on the inside that can strengthen me. I need some strength right now. Listen, I've done it in meetings. I've done it in different places. Listen, you walk into a church that's in turmoil, got all kind of problems, going crazy. You walk in there and every demon in that church hits you. You preach two meetings and feel like somebody's beat you with a ball bat. You better be strengthened. I said, you better be strengthened. You go into a nation where devils are running loose and all kind of crazy things are happening. Listen, we've preached in nations that the war had just stopped. Some of them, the war was still going on. And all them devils in manifestation, you're trying to preach, you're trying to teach. I'm telling you, we've had people interrupt meetings. We've had people bring threats. We've had all kinds of stuff happen. But the Holy Ghost gave us supernatural strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We had a gang come into a meeting. We were, I'll tell you, we're, just, we're so wild, we believe anything. Still that way. So we had some people that were, that were bold enough to put up a tent about the, about the size of this auditorium in the parking lot of a Catholic church in 1989 in May. And Pastor Walter Howell and myself and a young man named Rudy Vitoshnik went over there and preached the first ever in history Irish faith crusade. You thought that made everybody happy. <laughs> so, there's a, there's, a, there's a gang over there that is known by three letters. They decided that ain't going to happen. So they came and sat on the front row, about 40 of them. No shirt, no shirt. Jogging pants, tennis shoes, gold chains, big old tattoos all over them. So it was Rudy's night to preach. Anybody that remembers Rudy know what that's like. Rudy could preach 30 minutes without even taking a breath. So he jumped off the platform and started to preach. And these guys were watching him. They were watching him back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, he stopped to one of them and he, and he just pointed and it, it was the Holy Ghost. He said, do you want to die? I mean, he was just preaching, frothing, sweating. Do you want to die? And the guy goes, No. He said, stand up. And the guy stood up. And, and Rudy laid his hands on him, and he fell out under the power of God. Well, all of those 40 guys thought, that guy just got killed. <laughs> Amen? That guy just got killed. So he just gave an altar call real quick, and every one of them came forward, got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and the next morning when I was preaching at 9 o'clock, they are all sitting right here, all clothed in the right mind. Sometimes you need some strength. I said, sometimes you need some strength. And the Holy Ghost will come into your life at the right time, at the right place to do the right thing, to say the right thing, and to say it with a boldness in such a way that people will know, that's not that guy talking to me. That's not that woman talking to me. That's God talking to me. He puts the strength of God in your voice. Amen? Last one. And stand by. Everybody say stand by. Play for me, Brother Frank. Play, play softly, if you will. You say, what is a stand by? Somebody that's always there. They're always there. They're always standing by. And a lot of people, they're just not conscious of that because they don't, they spend so much time in the natural world that they forget about the spirit realm. I thank God. Listen, I would have never made it. I would have never made it in any other life or lifestyle than I'm in right now. I don't have the strength to do it. You say, what do you mean by that? I have to live in the Spirit daily. Look, when I go on vacations, I don't, I don't go without my Bible. I, don't go, I spend hours praying, studying the Word when I'm on vacation. Anywhere I go, anything. When I go down to South Texas and hunt, I got all my books. I got all my stuff I take with me. I pray sometimes six hours all the way down there in the Holy Ghost. Every place I go, everything that I do. You say, well, I couldn't live any other way. You got, I, I, what I'm trying to tell you is you guys are a lot stronger than me. I could only live the way this life dictates on this side of the pulpit. God knew what kind of life I would have to live to make it. Amen? But you're stronger than that. I said you're stronger than that. You have more resolve than that. You have more strength than that. But what you have to realize is that at any given moment of disaster, catastrophe, 
doctor's report, situation, circumstance, no matter what it is, where it is. We were out fishing. Randy, Pastor Randy Ayers and I were out at the South Jetties about 25 years ago. We were fishing. We shouldn't have went. It was a terrible day. Thunderstorms were everywhere. But we got out there and we started catching fish. We didn't want to leave. And I look up. We're, at the, we're on the North Jetty. And, and a little over from the North Jetty, this thunderstorm is sitting right off the end. Down comes this water spout. It starts heading right to us. So we were laughing about it and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, because we hadn't been praying, we hadn't been interested, we'd been fishing all morning long. All of a sudden, both of us at the same time realized this thing fixing to hit us. I mean, we're in a 16-foot aluminum boat with a 30-horsepower motor on it. Randy looks at me and says, this thing's fixing to hit us. The standby was there, the Holy Ghost. I mean, both of us at the same time stood up in that boat and pointed at that thing and said, in the name of Jesus. And literally, it lifted right over us, went right over us, came right back down, and kept on going right down that jetty. He said, that's what the standby is there for. Situations, circumstances, problems that rise up instantaneously. That's why, that's why the Bible says in Proverbs, do not be afraid of sudden terror, which tries to come upon you. Well, you back then, all they had was the word to rely on. We have the Holy Ghost that's in us, the anointing that is in us. Lift your hands right now. Father, Every person in here is born again, has an anointing in them, has the Spirit of God in them. Not, not something natural, it's supernatural, Father. And Lord, as a church, at this point in time, we as your people need the anointing to rise and build. We need the anointing to evangelize, not only our area, but the world. We need the anointing to raise up and launch ministries. We need the anointing, Lord God, to see families healed, people restored, God move in powerful ways. This morning, I thank you that as we posture ourselves with our arms lifted up in the sky, up to where our help comes from, that that anointing increases and stirs on the inside of us right now. That you send what you said in Acts chapter 4. That refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. That it would flow into this meeting right now. By your spirit and by the life that it produces. That people would be relieved from the heat of the battle that they've been in. Be relieved from the stress of the circumstance. The situation in Jesus. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.